Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Nina. And you're listening to Slice Slice of Murder. Murder. episode four yay thanks for making it this far i know we're excited we got some good responses to our first two episodes so we're excited to give you some more yeah thank you to all our friends and family for listening any of our students too and any strangers that we don't know thank (laughs) you don't do anything today i know three-day weekends are my favorite because you can actually enjoy your sundays Whereas, like, before it's, like, Sunday and you're, like, panicking, like, it's my lesson ready for tomorrow. I think we need one day for just doing nothing, one day for chores, and then one day for, like, errands outside. Yeah, because usually, like, my Sundays are all errands, like, doing laundry and groceries and all of that. Yeah, there's, like, yeah, there's no split up of those two things. I think we need that. Yes. (laughs) All right, so let's get right into it. So the case that we'll be focusing on today is the mysterious death of Ellen Greenberg. Have you heard of this case? I feel like I have. I feel like I've listened to one podcast episode about it, but I don't really remember what happened. Yeah, I feel like once I get into it, you'll probably remember. And I feel like we talked about it mm-hmm. in the past. Is this the one about, like, the girl, like, in her apartment building? Yes. Okay, I vaguely remember it, but okay. I don't remember, like, anything that happens. All right, so the reason I chose this case, it's because it's recently been reopened. So, originally, um, they ruled this case as a suicide, but after you hear all the details, you'll quickly be confused and wonder why it was ruled a suicide Mm -hmm. when there's a lot of signs leading to a homicide. I feel like that sort of thing happens quite often and like that's like what I was saying in our last case like I'm really glad that her case was not ruled a suicide initially because I feel like it's really hard to change like once you rule something as a suicide it's so rare that it gets like reclassified um and, like, unfortunately, I think it happens in, like, quite a lot of cases where it's not a suicide. It, like, it gets ruled as one. There's, like, a lot of cases that I've heard like that. Yeah, and, like, you'll hear her parents have been trying for years to change it from suicide to homicide or at mm-hmm. least unknown. Right, yeah. Well, that's good that it got opened again. Yeah, so hopefully we'll have, like, an update for you all soon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a little bit about the case. So Ellen Greenberg was a 27-year-old first-grade teacher. She was found dead on January 26, 2011. Ellen's body had been found by her fiancé, television producer Samuel Goldberg, with whom she lived with. This was after he reportedly coming, was coming back from the gym at their apartment complex. Sam said the door was locked through the inside with the latch, with the latch lock, so he broke down the door, and there he found his fiancé bloody and with multiple stab wounds to the back of her neck, chest, and abdomen. Authorities eventually ruled Ellen's death a suicide, but her parents believe she was murdered and have fought for nearly 11 years to have officials reopen her case 
and conduct a thorough investigation. Well, I'm glad to hear that that has finally started happening. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about Ellen's background. So Ellen is an only was an only child born in New York City, New York, to Joshua and Sandra Greenberg in 1984. So she was a daddy's girl, and she spent a lot of her time with her father at sporting events. Her friends describe Ellen as someone they can count on. Ellen was described as having a very bubbly personality and infectious smile. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of her, but she has, like, the most gorgeous smile and, like, beautiful teeth. Let me see if I can pull up a picture real quick. Oh, and I didn't show you all the examinations, but I'll show you as we go through. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have to have a bubbly personality to teach first grade. I know. Like, I, I know myself. I could not teach first grade. Like, that is just so much energy that you have to have throughout the day, and you have to be so positive and just... Like, so outgoing to teach kids that young. Yeah. I, I like, was in a first grade class in college, like, helping out mm-hmm. the teacher. And I had a headache after, like, three hours. For I was like, real. I could not, like, <laughs> put up this persona, like, this yeah. lovely personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this is her. And I'll post pictures of her and, like, her autopsy mm-hmm. um, on Instagram. So check that out. Yeah, she was really pretty. Okay. Um, so Ellen graduated from Penn State as a communications major and originally wanted to become a speech pathologist. But then she decided to get her teaching credentials at Temple University. Uh, her family and friends were not surprised by this decision. They said it was the perfect job for her. When she was finished with her credentials yeah she started working as a first grade teacher and then later around 2008 she had a teaching job at Janita Park Academy as a first grade teacher she was actually one of the founding teachers at her school in Philadelphia and she spent the last three years there that's so cool that she was like a founding teacher I feel like that kind of gives you a bond with With the school yeah kids that like you wouldn't have otherwise yeah yeah and then like you always remember your first class and Mm -hmm. like that first class is like extra extra special which is cool yeah yeah and her colleagues described her as a dedicated teacher who loved her profession and inspired her students to do their best in 2008 ellen and her fiance sam goldberg met on a blind date that was set up by a mutual friend So they hit it off ever since, and Ellen raved about him to her friends, and Ellen said that there was no awkward dating stage between each other. And a couple years later, on a couple's trip to California, Sam asked her to marry him, and she said yes, and they were set to get married in August 2011. So they weren't married yet, they were just Yeah, they were not married yet. Okay. Yeah, because she died in January 2011 mm-hmm. so it was supposed to be like almost a year before yeah. okay and so starting in December 2010 like a month or two before her death Ellen has uh, had been showing signs of stress and anxiety her family described her as not being the same vivi- vivacious Ellen they were used to however her family does not think that she was suicidal Mm -hmm. because I feel like 
with that kind of thing, I mean, she has a lot in her life that's going on that could be causing her stress and anxiety. Like, teaching is so yeah. stressful, <laughs> and planning a wedding is so stressful. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, doing that on top of, like, what we're already doing. Yeah. So I feel like it would not, like, it's sad, but I feel like it, I mean, her family obviously noticed it, but I don't think they would have, like, raised any red flags because, like, they know how much she's doing with her, like, in her life, you know? Yeah. And so Ellen said, actually, like, the reason why she was feeling anxious is she was very open about, like, her mm-hmm. anxiety. Um, she said she had a lot on her plate mm-hmm. with her work. Mm-hmm. Like, she was stressed about getting her grades in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we can yeah. relate to this. <laughs> My grades are due uh, next week. I have about five assignments that I have to put in for about 150 kids. So yeah, so I get that. Understand. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, like planning. Like she's a first grade teacher, so she has to plan like for her whole day, all subjects yeah. every day. Yeah, and that's another thing that I could not do. Like. I am so lucky that I just need to plan one lesson and I can just redo it for like five times straight. Like, yeah, I cannot imagine like planning like math and ELA and science and history like Mm -hmm. all in one. And first graders are a little more difficult to get engaged. engaged. Yeah, Yeah. like you have to make everything so exciting and Mm -hmm. so fun. I mean, middle schoolers also are really difficult to be engaged, but it's okay. You can just just tell them to sit down and most of them do (laughs) yeah okay so she had a lot on her plate and she was stressed about grades and planning for her upcoming wedding and ellen had sent out the save the date cards just four days before her death that's really sad yeah and to think that this is a suicide when she's like still planning right imagine getting those because it says she sent them out like four days before like I'm assuming some people didn't get them until after, like, she had passed away, and that must have been so heartbreaking, like, to get that, knowing that she was so so excited about this thing that was coming up, and then she doesn't ever get to experience anything, like, anything, any of that. Yeah, that's really sad. And so her anxiety was so bad that she told her parents she wanted to return home to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So she lived in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, but this just didn't make sense to her parents since she was living with her fiancé at the time. They were, like, mm-hmm. a little confused, like, okay, why do you want to move back? Mm-hmm. But they, of course, said, like, she can come home if she needed to, but they wanted her to get some help for her anxiety. Mm-hmm. So um, Greenberg saw a therapist who prescribed her um, a few things for anxiety, such as Ambien and Clonopin for anxiety. And police later, like, point this to support, like, her suicide. Right, because, like, I feel like I've heard it can give you kind of, like, hallucinations or things like that. Like, if you mix it with the wrong things or you take too much of it accidentally, so. Yeah, but I I know, like, originally she was prescribed something else Mm -hmm. and that wasn't working for her, so Mm -hmm. they switched her to these two. And she said that these are actually helping her. Okay. And she yeah. told her family that. And additionally, like, her psychiatrist, Dr. Ellen Berman, who saw Greenberg three times before her death, like, she was clear that her patient was not suicidal. Mm-hmm. She, and those kinds of people are trained on what to look for. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to be, like, they're trained to look for people who are at risk of those things. They're not going to be tricked 
just by somebody like putting on a happy face you know so I trust that psychiatrist if they said that she wasn't suicidal like I trust that she wasn't suicidal Mm -hmm. yeah and I just feel like she was so open about her anxiety Mm -hmm. like with her parents like I don't know why like she would not be with her psychiatrist but right I guess you never know but I feel like if she asked to go home like and she acknowledged that things were getting too much for her she would not shy away from asking them okay I need to go home right now like Mm -hmm. I'm having these really dark thoughts and things like that like I feel like she wouldn't be scared to ask them to go home right away if she was having thoughts like that yeah and I'm glad that she did reach Mm -hmm. out for help Mm -hmm. because it sounded like she was like prepared to even take like a leave of absence from her Mm -hmm. job if she was moving back in with her parents I wonder like was she yeah she would have taken a leave of absence so it just sounded like she like kind of was going to put her mental health first and she knew that her mental health was important to put first. So I think that she wouldn't have hid it from people if she was having like suicidal ideations. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's go to the days of. So on January 26th, she left school early because there was a blizzard. Oh. Yeah, so maybe you know more That's about that. That's only happened to me but... once in my life. <laughs> it was the best day ever. <laughs> yeah, here in California, we don't have seasons, so I don't know much about this. <laughs> I loved having snow days. That is, like, one thing I truly miss about living <laughs> on the East Coast. It was the nicest thing ever to wake up, and even a delayed opening was so good, too. Like, that was, it. That was like, the most joy I've ever felt in my life, like, to be woken up and, and be told that there was a snow day. Like, it was the best <laughs> feeling ever. Yeah, I knew you would have some insight on that. <laughs> yes, we got sent home early one time, I think in fourth grade, and that was the only time we ever got sent home early, and then I think they changed, like, district rules because, like, some parents couldn't come pick up their kids early because they were working and stuff like that. Mm, yeah. But then it was better because anytime it was, like, predicted to snow later in the afternoon, we just got the whole day off. That's so nice. So, but I do remember just getting sent home early one day, and it was so, <laughs> it was so nice. And they put us in the gym and we were watching like Frosty the Snowman and Aww. like we had snacks and everything That's and so cute. then we just waited for our parents to pick us up. Yeah, I think I've only had like a fire day, like where it's like can't I can't too, relate to that. <laughs> like the air quality is it's too, too bad, bad to be outside. <laughs> can't relate to that. <laughs> okay, so she got to go home early because of a blizzard. So at one twenty six p.m., Ellen puts gas in her car. And this is important to do during snowstorms or blizzards. You've had personal experience with that? <laughs> no, I read about it. <laughs> so, note to self. If you're, if you're caught in a blizzard, put gas in your car. Yes. <laughs> um, so, at 3.47, she sends her final text. And she actually spoke to her friends and family before this, like, throughout the day. And her family said there was, like, nothing odd about her. Mm-hmm. Their conversations. Do you know who she sent, like, her final text to? Like, does it say? No, it's uh, a confidential. Oh, I yeah. see. But it was confirmed. Mm-hmm. And 4.50, Sam Goldberg, her fiancé, um, goes to the gym, which is located on the first floor of their apartment, and the security footage confirms this. At 5.26 p.m., 36 minutes later, Sam leaves the gym from the first floor back to their sixth floor apartment 36 minutes later that doesn't really sound like enough time in the gym i know <laughs> i was thinking that i was like so what did you do yeah for real like what did you what Lift i don't a couple weights probably <laughs> that he sounds like the kind of person that thinks that that's an adequate workout 
I don't really, I like, I just feel like I remember some things, but he's kind of sus if I remember correctly, so. Yes. He probably just drinks his protein shake and lifts a few weights and is like, I'm done for the day. <laughs> yeah, this is why I can't go to the gym, because I know yeah. that'll beat me, too. Like, I'm like <laughs> I don't know what to do, so I'm out. <laughs> okay, so he comes back to the apartment, um, and he has a key, but the door has one of those latches that you find mm-hmm. in, like, hotel rooms. That you can latch from the inside, mm-hmm. and it'll, like, prevent... Even if you have a key, it'll prevent it from opening. Yeah, so okay. you can kind of open it, but you, it's mm-hmm. like, but it'll stop. Yeah, yeah, it'll stop. So he banged on the door, like calling for Ellen, but Ellen did not respond. And their apartment's like pretty small, so mm-hmm. Ellen would have heard him banging on the door unless maybe she was like in the shower mm-hmm. or taking a nap. And so after this, Sam texts her. So these are the exact text messages. He says hello, and he says open the door. What are you doing? I'm getting pissed. Hello? You better have an excuse. What the fuck? Ah, you have no idea. I mean, I guess I would be frustrated too, Mm -hmm. but to me, like, it doesn't sound like he's, like, questioning. Like, he never says, like, are you okay? Like. To me, I'd be like, hey, like, are you okay? The door is locked. Mm -hmm. Like, where are you? I'm trying to get in. Uh, Like, it doesn't sound like he's really asking her if she's okay or, like... Like, why did you lock the door? Right. Because, like, if that was me, like, there would have to be a reason why somebody locked the door. Like, it doesn't sound like this was a thing that they did all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, if if he was at the gym, like, there would have been no reason for her to lock the door, like, maybe unless, like, something was happening, like, unless somebody was, was trying to get in, you know? Something like that. So I feel like it would immediately worry me if I saw that. So I feel like... Yeah, or maybe, like, just to be safe, I guess. Like, right. Like, she's alone and right. she feels unsafe. But, yeah, still the last text where he's saying you have no idea, like, that sounds a little threatening to me. Yeah. You have no idea what I'm going to do, like, when I get inside this apartment or whatever. Yeah, it's just a little weird. Like, I get that you're frustrated, but, Mm -hmm. like, the texts obviously are not working. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, and then, so, after no reply, Sam went downstairs to get help from the security guard, but the security guard said he couldn't help and did not have like, any tools to help him unlock the latch. Yeah, I think it's pretty difficult to unlock unlock one of those latches. Um, you really have to be inside because it's designed so only somebody from the inside can undo it. Like, I think it's designed in order to pr- protect against, like, anybody from the outside coming in. Like, anyone with a key, anyone who has, like, any sort of tools or anything. Like, it is supposed to be... Just for somebody inside. Yeah, and then, yeah, we'll also talk more about that later as well. But, so he didn't say, he said he didn't have a tool, but I'm just wondering, like, then what happens, like, if someone's, like, locked out? I guess maybe it doesn't happen this way, like, where the latch is on. I think because you, I'm trying to remember from, like, inside hotel rooms, I don't think you can close the door with the latch on like just the way that it's designed because you would have had to put the latch on you have to put the latch on when the door is closed otherwise it doesn't 
fit over the door or when the door is like you know however wide it opens like a few inches open and if you put the latch on then you can't open the door enough to get out and if you're leaving you can't reach up and like put it on before you leave Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so it's like it can only be put on if you're inside yeah yeah but yeah so he didn't have a solution for him no help (laughs) and so then like sam made it known to the security guard that he was at the gym and the security guard later said that sam did not look like he was going to the gym he was wearing uh boots snow boots i think but i think it's because like there was a snowstorm Mm -hmm. like you can argue that point Mm -hmm. but still like you're going to the gym on in your first floor apartment you don't need snow boots you probably went there and took some pictures and left (laughs) for real that's yeah (laughs) no like he probably he probably didn't even go like he took some mirror pictures and then yeah headed out (laughs) he's like "Mm, that's enough for me today Or maybe it's, like, a thing to work out with your boots. I don't think so. (laughs) He's running with his boots in the truck. I think that that sounds suspicious to me. Yeah. Because what would you be doing in boots? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing for real. Yeah. Unless he's just standing, like, lifting weights. Yeah. I mean, that's true. But even so, I feel like you're supposed to wear special shoes when lifting weights. Like, you're supposed to wear, like, super flat bottom shoes. Mm -hmm. Or something I don't know. I'm not really well versed in that that area, but it should be. Um, yoga. I've heard <laughs> I've heard of it. Um, no, actually, like you know how we're barefoot in yoga. Like you're actually supposed like a lot of the boys on my swim team would lift weights barefoot because like you're not oh. supposed to have like I don't know. It's something with like the traction mm-hmm. on the ground. Like you're you're supposed to wear like they were just like in their socks lifting. So I don't think boots really fit that. Like I don't no, know. You're I didn't st- know that actually. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I'm not well versed in that, so please don't quote me on that. But I just remember seeing boys lift in their socks at like 5:30 in the morning, so <laughs> it's kind of burned into my memory. All right, and so Sam later said that he went back up with the security guard to go knock down the door, but later the security guard said he never left his post. Mm. so sam said he was with me security guard said no i and never left was there videos of that or no they couldn't find anything no so the thing about the security cameras is that you can't see the hall of like sam and ellen's apartment so you can't see some hallways like only like where the elevators are mm. but yeah so he said like he entering and ex- exiting things mm-hmm. yeah so this is like just suspicious it's like why would you lie about that like right. obviously he's gonna say he didn't go up there right it just seems like a very didn't. easy thing to not corroborate mm-hmm. like i don't know if you're gonna lie about something lie about something that you did by yourself because the other person could very easily say like no, no that didn't. didn't happen like it always baffles me when yeah things when like that happen things, like, like it's so easy to be proved wrong. I mean, I guess it's, like, his word against the security guards. That's like, true. I guess the security guard could, like, have been, like, oh, no, it's my job to stay here. And he knows he would have lost his job if he had mm-hmm. said that he actually did go up with him. Or maybe he also didn't want to be, like, a witness Right. the whole thing. Right. So, like, I feel like it could go the other way, too. Like, he did actually go upstairs with him and then said he didn't because he didn't want to get in trouble for, like, leaving his mm-hmm. post. But... 
still it's just that's just like a confusing you know weird situation yeah so sam was able to get in so he said he broke down the door and he walked in he saw alan sitting in an upright position like slouched over in front of the lower kitchen cabinets Mm -hmm. um so you come in and you see this right so who do you think he called first i would hope 911 well, wrong. He actually calls his cousin and uncle, who are both attorneys. That See, that's immediately suspicious <laughs> to me. So, yeah, at 614, these are the two calls that he makes yeah. to his cousin and uncle. And so Mr. Schwartzman is a former prosecutor, and at the time he was a vice cha- chairman of the board of directors of the Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority, the SEPTA, and he has been described as politically important in the city of Philadelphia. And at the time of this writing, he was the president judge of the Pennsylvania Court of Judicial Discipline. Okay, see, that's like a red flag. Like, I feel like if you call somebody who is that high up, or I guess like so well respected in, like, it sounds like like Philadelphia political, the political circle, mm-hmm. and then immediately call them like that is fishy because like you know that they have power and you know that they have like ways to keep you safe Mm -hmm. you know like that's weird yeah and so they belong to a generationally wealthy and politically connected family Mm -hmm. the hankins and the family has been friends with josh shapiro since 1988 Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like they're pretty so important. important. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe I can call my parents first, but, like, probably not. Like, probably 911. Yeah, like, first you call 911, then, like, no matter, like, what, like, you would call them first and then later figure out, like, your attorney situation. Yeah, like, it, it wouldn't. smart for him to get one. Right, because he, he was, like, the do. last yeah. person that was, like, that saw her, I guess, was, like, walking in alone like mm-hmm. it is it would be smart to call an attorney but like i feel like not first yeah. you know like you can, and i feel like i wouldn't even be thinking of that at that moment like yeah, that would not like, even be okay? like that wouldn't even be on my mind like i feel like i'd be actually so bad in like a crime scene situation because like you know how you're like not supposed to touch anything yeah. or like disturb anything like i'd be so bad at that like i would not be able to like, step back and that, like yeah. not mess with anything like mm-hmm. that would it would just freak me out so bad like I feel like I wouldn't even be thinking logically like that yeah so finally at 6 31 p.m Sam makes a 911 call so remember he got back from the gym at 5 26 p.m and then broke down the door at like 6 14 so it took him about like 15 16 minutes to make that 911 call from when he allegedly like saw his fiance. That's crazy because, like, what if she was still alive, you know? Like, I feel like in that sort of situation, every single minute matters. Mm -hmm. Like, you have no idea what if you called right away and then they were able to save her. Like, maybe what if she, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you never know. Because he was only at the gym for 36 minutes. Yeah, not doing anything. (laughs) She could have still been alive, right? Right. She was killed during that time. Yeah. And so I listened to the 911 call. It's on YouTube. It's like five minutes long. Mm -hmm. And it just sounds very disingenuous, Mm -hmm. like kind of as if he was acting. Mm -hmm. It's just like weird. Like you should listen to Mm -hmm. it. 
Um, he tells them that he's at the gym like three times. Trying to throughout the call. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was at the gym, but then I saw this. I was at the gym. Yeah. I remember I was at the gym. Yeah. And he says he he tells him he sees her on the floor with blood. And he says, oh, I think she, like, fell and hit her head. I don't know. There's, like, blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, like, can you do CPR? And he's like, I don't know how to. So they're like, okay, like, we'll help you. We'll walk you through the steps. Mm-hmm. And he says, okay. Or he says, I have to, right? Like, I have to, right? <laughs> you have to try and save the woman you're going to marry? Like, I hope that you want to. Like, he's asking, like, if he has to do yeah. it. Yeah. Like. Like, no, but you should. Like, I feel like that's pretty important. Like, you should probably want to save her. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's, like, really freaked out by blood or something. But, like, still, I feel like in that situation, I would, like, even if even if I was, like, super freaked out by blood and things like that, I would literally try anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know, because I've never been in that yeah, situation. Yeah, that's like, true. Maybe I would be scared. It's like flight. But I wouldn't say yeah. I have to, right? It's like flight, fight, or freeze or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Some people just freeze and, like, can't yeah. do anything. Um. So he says that, so they're like, okay, put her flat on the ground to, for CPR. So he says she's flat on the ground, but he doesn't see her chest moving, so meaning that she's mm-hmm. not breathing. Then he says, out of nowhere, so after she's flat on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, oh my god, she stabbed herself because he just now noticed there's a knife lodged in her chest. After how many minutes of being in there? 20 minutes? Yeah, like how do you see her sitting upright? Right, because he did say say that she was sitting upright, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. And then, so okay, say he didn't see it originally, Mm -hmm. he lays her down. To do CPR. Like, how did you not see it? Wait, While you were laying, laying her, her down. down. If it's, like, on her chest. Yeah. I um. mean, that just, yeah. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, it, giving him the benefit of the doubt, like, it is such an overwhelming situation to walk into mm-hmm. if he truly did not have anything to do with it. It's such an overwhelming situation to be in that I feel like sometimes your brain just like compartmentalizes things and is like, oh, she's hurt. Like there's blood and then doesn't can't take in mm-hmm. other things. Yeah. But like true. still, I don't know, it's like after weird. being tw- in there for 20 minutes, because at this point he had what he got in at like 615. Yeah, that's when he made the call. And now it's like 20 minutes later, 635 or whatever, like. Mm-hmm. I feel like you've been in there for long enough to like observe things about the situation. Yeah. And kind of notice those things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Then he says she stabbed herself, which is also like, why is that your first thought? Like mm-hmm. she stabbed herself. And then he says, or she fell. She fell on the knife. I don't know. So you fall into a knife. Where, how is this stabs knife? stabs you in the heart. Yeah, how is this knife standing up on its... <laughs> on the ground. I almost said on its hind legs, but... <laughs> it does have no legs. <laughs> it does not have any legs. At least not this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that just does not make... I mean, I really didn't do that well in physics in high school, but I know that like I knives cannot physics. stand up on their hind legs like that. <laughs> yeah, 
so that's another like mm-hmm. like it seems it seems like he's like trying to make it like an accident or like suicide like he's not mm-hmm. even wanting to entertain the possibility or like tell the police like which is dumb because it's like obviously they would immediately think of that but he's not being like oh somebody broke in here and killed her like he doesn't want to mention anything that could be like a homicide or mm-hmm. could be foul play like he chooses the two things that are like self-inflicted or an accident I feel like trying to like draw their attention away from something mm-hmm. nefarious. Yeah, I agree. So when the police came, she was found sitting upright again when the police got there. So meaning that he either didn't attempt CPR mm-hmm. like he said he did or he moved her back. But he right. said like he didn't touch her. So he didn't ever try CPR. Yeah. That's weird. So, I'm confused about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that he probably never laid her down in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, maybe just he did him, lie about Yeah, just from him yeah. saying, like, oh, I have to touch her. Like, I have to, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, her being back in a sitting position. Like, it sounded like he didn't want to touch her at all. Like, I don't think that he ever did that. Yeah. At least, like, don't lie about it. Like, at least, like, be honest. Say you're, like, scared mm-hmm. or, like. Be like, oh, I don't want to disrupt anything, like, on her body in case it's evidence or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then the 911 operator did, like, tell him after he said, like, she's not breathing, she said, like, okay, like, now, like, don't touch anything. Don't touch the knife. Yeah. Leave it in there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But then at 636, so emergency responders are there on the scene, and... Like, apparently his uncle and cousin were present, the ones that he called earlier. Mm-hmm. They probably got there before the police. Yeah, he, like, right? called them so early. He called them immediately. Like, he didn't call the police till 15 minutes later. I, I don't know where their uncle or cousin lived, but, yeah. like, obviously that was his first priority, so. Yeah, so they were there, and then when EMS arrived, they, pr- they pronounced Ellen dead on the scene. Her parents were called by Sam's parents. And Ellen's mother remembers that they were snowed in at their home in Harrisburg, so they couldn't even like, That's drive That's so out. tough. That is really tough. Like, imagine just being stuck and not being able to do anything. Yeah, like, they probably felt helpless. Cause, they couldn't go anywhere. I mean, realistically, you can't do anything anyway, mm-hmm. but I just feel like being in the act of driving somewhere or traveling somewhere feels like you're doing something. Mm-hmm. And just being stuck at home sounds like hell on earth like if you were in that situation yeah she said her mother said all i know is my world went dark i have and i have no daughter mm-hmm. and it's so sad I yeah he's the only child like i feel like we keep doing cases about only children i think like, that's really sad <sighs> yeah yeah shortly after sam was taken in for questioning and he was there with um his attorney was his i wonder if his attorney was his attorney like his uncle or yeah so it was like a family member that he hired yeah and that's a suspicious situation too i feel like that's i don't know i mean i guess if you know one then there's no issue with that but like still yeah but just like to call them first yeah you don't do that okay so we're gonna go into the original police investigation so when police arrived at the scene they observed no force entry into the apartment so they also, they had a balcony and they checked the balcony to see if uh-huh. anyone tried to come in that way, but they didn't find any shoe prints. And because of the, the snow, 
snowstorm, I can't talk today, and height of the balcony. They did not think someone coming in through the balcony was likely. But didn't he say that he broke down the door? Yeah, the front door. But they said that they're... Yeah, but he didn't. The the police said they found no forced entry, like, into the house. So, like, I'm assuming he would have had to snap that thing, that, like, hinge or whatever, off Mm -hmm. to be able to get in. And it's like, I mean, it's probably not that hard, like, if you throw enough weight against it, because it's not like you're trying to break the door. You're just trying to break that, like, the nails, I guess, off the wall. But, like, that, I mean, he yeah. would have had to done that. So, like, there was definitely damage, and it's not like the police are going to miss some, uh, something yeah. like that. So, they did say there was one bolt missing mm-hmm. from the latch. Okay. Only one. Okay. I mean, I don't know how those things work. Maybe yeah. you just need to break one. Yeah. To get it and off. I also, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they, okay, the police checked the security cameras in the lobby, and like I said, no security cameras were in the hallway where the apartment was, and Sam's gym theory was confirmed, so he was seen mm-hmm. um, down at the, at the gym at those times, and no one else, like, was seen entering the building that didn't live there. Okay, which, I mean, I guess you would be able to track because i'm sure they have key like key cards and things like yeah that. yeah yeah the key cards helped um yeah well that does also doesn't mean like it was suicide because it, it could have also been like one of the people that lived in the right building. right yeah which would be more likely than just like a random i don't know yeah. i feel like it doesn't you people living in apartment buildings i don't think just get murdered by a random person who comes in and is like let me just choose this door at random like if it yeah, was she was going to be killed in her apartment, I feel like it would have been by somebody that she knew. Mm-hmm. Who knew that she specifically lived there. It wasn't going to be like somebody random who had to check, like who doesn't have a key card to get in and has no way, you know, like that. I don't think that's very likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ellen had no defense wounds and no evidence of struggle, which appeared Ellen had died by suicide. So this was her like. Right. Like evidence for that. Right. Like no marks on her hand or mm-hmm. in her hands or whatever. Yeah. So then, like blocking anything from hitting her. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh, autopsy made by Marlone Osborne showed that Ellen had twenty total stab wounds to the back of her neck, her chest, her abdomen, and an incised wound to the right of her scalp. So it was all in the. Like, or mostly, I guess, on her back. The back right? of her, her neck. head. And her head, too, or just her neck? The back of her neck. Uh-huh. Yeah, she and had her, her chest, chest abdomen, yeah. and her scalp. So, I mean, depending on where she was struck first, like, she, if it was an attack, like, she probably wouldn't have had any defensive wounds because... If she was struck in the back of the neck first, like she would probably be too injured to even fight back, you know. Mm-hmm. So her cause of death was multiple stab wounds to the back of her neck, um, her chest, and her abdomen, like I said. And so some of these wounds were four inches deep. That's like really deep. If they want to claim a suicide, like, like that that's takes like a the, lot of force. Yeah, that's the entire knife. I feel. I mean, depending. I don't know how long this knife was, but like. I feel like most knives are not, unless they have, like, a super special cooking knife. Like, I feel like most of them are are not much longer than four inches. Mm -hmm. 
Like, and yeah, even like the big one we have, I feel like is only like six inches. Like that's like almost the yeah, entire I thing. I think it was about like six to yeah, seven inches. Yeah. Um, and she also had bruises in her thighs, knees, hips, arms, and wrist that were healing. So like bruises all over her body too. Yeah, but that with were healing, healing, right? So, so it wasn't happening. Yeah. So I don't know. She could have been anemic and like mm-hmm. you know bruised easily or whatever the case. Sometimes I. I just hit myself yeah. on the table and get a bruise. <laughs> um, and then the only drugs in her system were the ones that were prescribed. And it wasn't like she took any that were oh, uh-huh. like over the limit the yeah. dose. And the only DNA found on the knife was that of Ellen's, which is like a little weird mm-hmm. that it's only Ellen's. But it's like that could so easily be because the person was wearing gloves. Yeah. You know, exactly. like if you know enough to not get your dna on the knife like there's ways around that it just does not sound like a suicide to me yeah yeah just from the positioning like how do you even reach back and yeah. hit yourself in the back of the neck like and if they're we'll coming post it's... the the picture of the animation not animation but the like you call it graphic yeah yeah like a graphic of all like her stab wounds and yeah some of them are to the back of her head or mm-hmm. neck her chest abdomen like how do you reach the back of your yeah like, like and then go on to such force right and then go on to like continue continue in like the front like that just does not make sense no yeah yeah so due to the force of the wounds and uh, the examiner originally ruled this as a homicide yeah like no doubt like obviously yeah um but a few d- days later the police believed the medical examiner rushed to a conclusion because they believed it was a suicide because of the other things like the door. But it's not their job to decide, right? No. Isn't it like the medical examiner's job to decide? Like, I don't think it's a police matter. Like, I think that's why they call, like, a medical technician. Yeah, exactly. Like, they sh- like they should take that into consideration for their investigation. Yeah. They shouldn't say, this is what happened. This is what her w- wounds mean. Yeah. Like, that's, like, backwards. Yeah. Like, they're doing it backwards. Yeah. Um. So this was very strange and was believed to be for political reasons. So her death was later changed to a suicide because of this. And her parents were, like, obviously devastated. So they launched their own investigation. Good. And so additionally, like, other things that they found in the original report in February of 2011 a neuropathologist reportedly examined Ellen's spinal cord and determined that the damage from the stab wounds to her neck was not, like, severed enough to render her, like, paralyzed. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of, like, testing to see, like, so could she potentially, like, keep stabbing herself? Mm-hmm. Like, if she stabbed herself in the back of the neck, like, did she injure her spinal cord or not? Yeah. And so this was ruled that it was not severed like meaning like she could have like potentially still right. given herself the rest uh, but of the like stabbers. still like you i feel like i mean yes maybe like technically medically it would still be possible but like you would also be bleeding out from the back of your neck and you would yeah. be in so much pain it's, that it's so unlikely you, you would keep i mean maybe like sure like your body could technically still do that but like could you do that like just without i don't know i don't think that sounds right yeah so police just had been focused on the mental issues that she might have had 
and they looked more into her anxiety and treated this like as a case of suicide rather than like actually looking at the crime scene as a homicide Mm -hmm. and like look for essential information so they missed a lot of that and like crucial testing that they could have done i'm sorry but like if she was suicidal she had access to all these drugs like could she not have just overdosed on her medication Mm -hmm. like she had access to both of these things which you can die from an overdose i'm pretty sure if you take too much of them yes you most definitely can like that just seems like a much more accessible way for her to commit suicide if she was going to commit suicide rather than stabbing herself 20 times like that does not i feel like that does not track no and yeah i'm gonna come back to that after Mm -hmm. this last point but so investigators also like zeroed in on ellen's computer where they stated that they later found searches on her browsing history uh, for painless suicide depression and quick death I'm like, okay, so you're, you're saying she Googled painless suicide, but then did this? Right. That's like, okay. That does not make any sense. Like, if she wanted a painless suicide, like, that, <laughs> why would she stab herself? Quick also, death. anybody could have Googled that. Like, yeah. if it was her fiancé, which... Maybe. Maybe. Like, couldn't he have had... He definitely had access to her computer. Like, if exactly. he was planning something like this, like, he would, could have definitely set this up. Yeah. To look like a suicide. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, back to what you were saying about, like, overdosing. So, suicide by woman is usually done by poisoning themselves. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, overdose and is rarely from stabbing. Yeah. And from the images, uh, it's unlikely someone would, like, off themselves this way. And it doesn't make sense to be originally ruled a suicide mm-hmm. there's no suicide note right and also she had been cutting up fruit there's like a bowl of fruit in the mm-hmm. pictures so so she was cutting up fruit and then was like okay and then went time yeah but i don't know that just like it really doesn't track like it just really does not make sense like the chain of events that they're claiming happened like i really don't think that that matches up mm-hmm. and another thing when someone does stab themselves it's unlikely that they do so over their clothes i wonder what the reason for that is yeah because like i feel like it just makes it more difficult right mm-hmm. like if you're wearing clothes like yeah just lift your like shirt up yeah or something. that just sounds like such like i know a painful like, way to like something so painful to do like if she was really googling painless suicide she was struggling with something like this like it really that even makes more sense like that she wouldn't tried yeah. attempt to commit suicide with this, ho- like, this horrific yeah way. yeah yeah so that i didn't know that either like over their clothes um but yeah that's like another thing that's mm-hmm. like okay like why is your immediate thought suicide where there's the like so many things that go against this yeah and she had been looking forward to the wedding like i said she sent out the save mm-hmm. the date um, she had reservations at a restaurant for Sam's birthday coming up. And the other big thing is that she put gas in her car. Right. That's why I put that in. Like, earlier. why would she spend money on that if she was going to commit suicide? Yeah. Like, she doesn't need, she wouldn't, she would know that she d- wouldn't need her car for anything mm-hmm. in getting in, in from the blizzard, you know? Yeah. 
Unless it was like a split second decision, yeah. but or unless like she really needed it. Right, know. right. Yeah. So, like I said, her parents are angry that they launched their own investigation. So five to six years later, um, they hired veteran police and pathologists, including Tom Brennan. Were these people connected to like the Philadelphia police circuit at all, or was it like? Um. Yes, but you'll see that they. Like, they believed that she, it was not suicide. Okay. Yeah. And I guess it was five to six years later. Mm-hmm. So maybe if. I think these, like, they trusted these people. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Brennan believed the crime scene was staged to look like a suicide. Mm-hmm. He thought there was a lack of blood splatter, like, considering all the stab wounds mm-hmm. based on the images of the crime scene. Mm-hmm. So meaning, like, someone potentially cleaned up the mess. Right. Which is weird that they didn't do, like, a luminol test or anything, like, to see if that had been cleaned up, because I feel like that would be my first thought, is, like, let me, I mean, obviously there's blood around her, but I feel like that would be an important thing to test for, and, like, obviously they can't test six years later, but, like, if it was even any hint of a homicide, like, I feel like I would want to see, oh, well, had she bled other places in the apartment, like, yeah. Was she moved from where she was originally, like, where was she originally stabbed? Like, is there blood on the countertops or anything? Like, I don't know. I feel like that would be my immediate thought. Like, if it had been cleaned up, like, that would have been a very easy way to tell. Yeah. 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 So they did not do a luminal test. And there is also a white towel pictured in the images, like, near her hand. And it's, like, clean of blood. There's, mm-hmm. like, no blood, which is weird. Like, mm-hmm. why is she holding this? And there's, Towel, no and there's nothing on it, yeah. So it like, seemed like it was like placed there after. Yeah. Um, so Tom believes that Ellen was attacked like from the back. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe she's like... Snuck up on, yeah. Or, and then, which is why like she has no apparent defense wounds. Yeah, because she would not have probably been conscious yeah. enough or strong enough to fight back against somebody if they did stab her like in the back first and her neck and her head yeah yeah and there is consistent evidence that her body was moved Mm -hmm. because it's like blood i guess like smeared yeah um and also d andrea a former philadelphia ada found like the most notable discrepancy was about the blood flow there is a notable horizontal blood flow from her nostril to her ear. So this indicates that she was laying like horizontally, right? Because mm-hmm. her blood went from her like nose across to her, her ear. face. But then she he she was sitting up. Yeah. When so, they found her. So they're like, yeah, this like defies like the law of gravity. Yeah, like, that how can't be true. Happen? Yeah. So like potentially. Sam lied about moving her body. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah. Something was like strange with that, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then the neuropathologist examined the body and found that the knife had penetrated the cranial cavity and severed cranial nerves in the brain, meaning that this would have caused like severe pain, nerve dysfunction, numbness, and tingling irregular heartbeat and respiratory depression Mm -hmm. so yeah like how could she have done this to herself right like she's going through all these things like severe pain like numbness tingling 
And then he also found that there's evidence of strangulation, fingernail marks, and bruising around the neck area. Which is also, like, how did the police originally miss that? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they, like, intentionally... Yeah, they, like, looked, looked over, over it. it. Yeah, because they wanted to rule it a, a suicide. But I feel like that's just so obvious that it's not a suicide. Like, if you have... She's not going to strangle herself. Like, that's not possible because if you try, like, even if you try and hold your breath or whatever until you pass out, like, the second you pass out, your body will do everything it can to start breathing again. Mm -hmm. And so it's like if you were trying to strangle yourself, you would pass out. And the minute you passed out, like, your arms would go limp. Like, you wouldn't be able to keep doing that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, additionally, so Sam said he broke into the apartment, but, like I said, the lock was still intact. Like, mm-hmm. apparently, it was, like, one screw was mm-hmm. loose, but, like, apparently, you can just YouTube, like, how to open the yeah. door, like, the latch. Uh-huh. I know you said it's, like, difficult, but yeah. apparently, there are videos on how to do it. I didn't watch any, but yeah. there's, like, rubber band or, like, a string you can use yeah. or even a do not disturb. Like oh, and like that you hit do. it, hit it loose. Almost. Yeah. So yeah. there are like a lot of videos that you could potentially yeah. watch. Um, but also like he could have just been lying about that. Yeah. Since no one else like confirmed that it was that like it the latch ever even happened. Yeah, I forgot that that was really only his observation. His like that was only ever something that he said happened, and they never really found anything. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah that makes a lot of sense. So, also, back to when I said that investigators found, like, searches on her browsing history mm-hmm. for painless suicide. Uh, so, D. Andrea points out that the initial investigation, like, ma- makes no mention of her search history. So, like, it was not recorded anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, the autop- autopsy does not say anything about the, the searches. Yeah. And later, forensic evaluation. Like, during the parents' own investigation, confirmed that there was no searches of suicide. So, somebody somebody made that up. Oh, somebody just completely lied about that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like the police were very easily swayed by mm-hmm. something outside. Yeah. So, that was, like, not yeah. true. So, what originally, like, pointed to a suicide or they used to, like, prove their point is, like, not true at mm-hmm. all. And... They also, like, sent out a statement that said, like, on the day of, like, her 10th anniversary of her death, they said, like, our hearts go out to the Greenberg family on the anniversary of Ellen's traumatic death at the urging of the family and following a conflict referral from the Philadelphia District Attorney Office in 2018. Our office reviewed the case and conducted an extensive investigation that did not uncover evidence to change the medical examiner's finding of suicide. There is no statute of limitation on homicide. However, if any new evidence is brought forward, we believe it should be reviewed by the proper authorities. At this time, no such information has been shared with our office. And this was after, like, they'd been trying to reopen up the case and get them to change it from suicide to a homicide. Right. And they're saying, like, there's no new evidence when they just... They have all this new evidence yeah. right, that Deandra is like pointing out. Yeah. And Tom. Um, and then additionally, back to the report of the spinal cord, 
that said it was damaged from this that it was not damaged from the stab wounds to her neck and was not severed enough to render her as paralyzed so there was no reports anywhere of this as well so that was also just yeah that was also m- just made up maybe made up yeah that's so all crazy. these things that yeah. said, oh, this is why it's a she, suicide. She could have kept going. This is why it, like, points to it. Like, it was all fake. There's no report of this. Yeah. So her parents' attempt to reopen the case had been denied um, and missed experts' reevaluation. Uh, but in 2021, so now, like, more than a decade from her death, the Greenberg's parents have said that they have new evidence to prove that she didn't take her own life. And the Philadelphia Attorney General's office claimed that Greenberg performed suicide-related searches, like I said, was not true. Mm-hmm. And now that there's more, like, advanced technology, such as the 3D images that were recreated with the stab yeah. wounds, this is, like, new evidence as well. Um, and the images prove that the several injuries were not self-inflicted. And the images are known as photogrammetry. Mm-hmm. So it's like a new technology yeah. that just kind of shows all the, um, the stab wounds. So Ellen's, Ellen Greenberg's parents, who live in the Harrisburg area, have still been pushing to reopen the case. And they finally got them to reopen it. And this was confirmed that the Chester County District Attorney's Office will be reviewing Ellen Greenberg's case. That's good that they got them to reopen it. Because I feel like it's really hard sometimes to find that new evidence. Because I don't think you can reopen a case unless new evidence is brought to light. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that they were able to kind of organize um, all these things that they had been doing. And I'm glad that they were listened to. And they did eventually end up reopening it. Yeah. And Sam Goldsberg is now married with two children living in New York. There is just very little information on him. While many people think that Sam is responsible for Ellen's death, since the death is currently ruled out suicide, there are there has never been a formal investigation into him. Right, like he was never Questioned, charged really. with anything. Yeah, like yeah, that makes sense. Cause like there would be no reason to mm-hmm. find a suspect in a suicide. Yeah. And then the Greenbergs, like, will continue their investigation and won't stop until they're able to change the cause of death from undetermined to homicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and for na- But for now, Ellen's loved ones continue to share her story with the hope of one day getting justice. Ellen's cousin, Debbie, told Dateline that they have received and are grateful for the overwhelming amount of support from the community. And there's been, like, more than 125 thousand people i was like what is that number (laughs) i blanked out um have signed a change.org petition that calls on the pennsylvania attorney general to revisit the case and i will link like their petitions and also the facebook page justice for ellen that currently has more than 32,000 fans yeah Yes, and if your loved one is struggling with mental health, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is now 988. Oh, yeah, they created, like, a new hotline for it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's really nice because yeah, it's like, easy that. to remember. Right, because before it was a whole, a whole like, number, number, yeah. But, yeah, well, that is the case. Yeah, I, I do feel like I remembered it vaguely, but I did not remember all the details of what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds super suspicious to me, 
but it just sounds like he had a lot of connections to a lot of powerful people that had the capability to like change these things Mm -hmm. you know yeah like find the loopholes and things like that and have the ability to change and make up certain key facts or points and put them into mm-hmm. police investigation. And like the whole thing with like the police changing what the medical examiner had said, like that's not their job. I I'm almost positive. Like that's not it's not their job to make a ruling. Like it's the no. medical examiner's job to make a ruling and the police investigates that ruling. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely think it was not a suicide as homicide. I don't know if there's enough information to say it was Sam, but I also like can't say like then we have enough yeah. information to know like who who else could have done this. Yeah. Like we know a lot of cases it is the boyfriend or yeah. husband, fiance. But they didn't test for any DNA afterwards, like yeah. There was nothing like that done, so I, I really doubt that there will be enough evidence yeah, to like, prove. Did they collect anything? It doesn't there? sound like it because, like, if you were ruling it a suicide, they wouldn't be searching for like things like that. Like, they wouldn't be searching for fingerprints, or they wouldn't be searching mm-hmm. for DNA of another person. Yeah. And it's like I feel like I mean they tested the knife. Like, the DNA on the knife. But, like I said, I feel like that's really easy to kind of prevent. Like, you could just wear gloves, and then your DNA would not be mm-hmm. on the knife either. Exactly. So, so, hopefully, I have hope that they will find who did this to yeah. Ellen. And at least you just change it from suicide to homicide mm-hmm. or unknown. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like a suicide is like a slap in the face to the people yeah. that knew her. If they knew it wasn't a suicide and there's all this evidence that points otherwise, then it's just kind of, like, I don't know. It's just so disheartening for the family to be told, oh, no, it's a suicide. Like, it was your daughter. Like, nobody else had any hand in her death. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's so insulting to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, hopefully. So, yeah, I'll link um, the resources and what else are I going to link? Oh, yeah, the pictures um, will be in our Instagram. Yeah. At Slice of Murder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to our fourth episode. Yes, thank you. Coming up in one week, we will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys again. One more thing before you go. We want to give a quick shout out to one of the amazing individuals that helped us create the music for this episode. Melissa Thank you so much for creating our music and also developing our website, which is not up yet, but it will be up soon. Very exciting. Thank you. Bye.